Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Monday, July 19th. And in this daily dose of news, we're going to have quite the updates to previous articles we have talked about. Here we go. What an inspiring way to open up the podcast. I mean, I think we need to basically just make that this entire show's theme song. And you may be asking me, you know, who were those people wonderfully singing that? And I'm here to tell you that those are the Texas Democrats that ran away to Washington, D.C. And that was after a news conference or something like that. And they just started singing it. And I mean, frankly, as you could tell, it's just music to your ears. Absolutely wonderful. Perfect pitch. Perfect tone, everything. Probably the best singing I've heard in a very long time. They, Texas choir instead of Texas Democrats. I mean, it's, it's something that they should certainly should look into. And I frankly, I'm, I was almost tempted to just play you that for the entirety of the episode. But, you know, I'm, I mean, it's just, I don't want to overplay it so it doesn't lose its value. So I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm going to make sure that I, I don't overplay it this episode. Um, you know, maybe I'll leave it at one play. Maybe. Goodness gracious, it's too good. I literally just cannot stop myself, and so I'm just I'm just gonna have to change my tab so you know I, I don't accidentally make the same mistake. And well, you know it's not really a mistake with how good their singing is, you know. Anyways, the Daily Wire is our first article. We're gonna have two articles from here, but that's because I didn't want to have to pull up the same info just to say it's from a different website. So here it is, um, both about the Texas Democrats. All right, the title of this one, More Texas Democrats Test Positive for Coronavirus After Fleeing State to Subvert Democracy. Um, basically, they found out that three of the Democrats had coronavirus, and then now five of them do, I believe. Yes, five. Okay, uh, five of them do. And so they they were first blasted for leaving um, in, in protest of the laws that Texas is trying to pass. They left uh, with no masks on the plane, which... Frankly, I like I said yeah the other day. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But it's it's a law that they say everyone needs to follow. The FAA says so, and the CDC also say so. So it's kind of like, all right, well, you blast us, but then the politicians. It just shows politicians really don't follow it. Um, and mainly for COVID nineteen, the left, the big leaders haven't been following it. But three of them ended up having COVID. All of them are vaccinated. So I think this highlights that the vaccine really isn't to prevent you from getting COVID. It's more so to prevent the seriousness of COVID. And I think that's something you need to look at when you take the vaccine is you're, you still can easily get COVID. It just won't be as serious. And um, that's what we're seeing a lot. I mean, that happened with the North Carolina State baseball team. The majority of them uh, were vaccinated. The ones who got COVID, the majority of them were vaccinated. And I guess the idea is to cut the severity. I don't really know. Uh, I guess we'll see with them to see how severe their COVID-19 gets, but They'll also get top-of-the-line health care. And so 
they they just announced basically that they're testing all of the members and staff. And and this is where apparently Kamala Harris had been in an enclosed room with them. So and then she goes to the hospital and they're trying to say that it was a checkup that was already planned out. But who knows if that's true or not, because we can't check that. Um, it was last week that the three of them tested positive right after they met with Vice Kamala Harris. And so two more have now tested positive. They're in an enclosed room. Who knows if Kamala Harris has it doesn't really matter because it would probably take her two seconds to get over it because they have presidential health care and so um or american presidential health care and so there's 50 democrats that fled the state on private planes and so the they they brought bunches a bunch of beer apparently with them on the bus and everything so they really just had a party and so who knows what they're doing at this point um that leads us to the next article same topic of texas democrats they say that it they've spent or will spend one and a half million dollars on the DC trip, and they admit going maskless on pain was a mistake. I don't think I don't really care. It's just it's ironic, frankly. I mean, if they go on without a mask, I mean, neither would I if I had a choice. It's just funny because they'd still they'd be the ones to yell at me for not doing it when they don't do it in their situation either. Um, so a group of Texas Democrats will spend a shocking one and a half million dollars on the Washington D.C. trip. It says a group. Idea is that you don't know the situation. We know it. The Texas Democrats are left to protest. Um, they they had a one hundred thousand dollar chartered private plane, and they're forced to release these things. They're not allowed to keep it private. So we're gonna find out whether this was tax dollars or a donor. Appears they they insist that it was being it was paid by a donor. They insist it was not taxpayer money. So we'll see. We'll find out eventually. They are yet to come back. It's so uh, it's just so ironic looking at the photo of them on the plane. Because um, imagine if it was the other way around. Fifty Republicans did this. Imagine, imagine, fifty Republicans did this. The media's reaction to it would be very similar to how you know Daily Wire and Fox News have been reacting to them. If Republicans did it, they would react even more. And imagine if they then went maskless on the plane. I mean, just the, it's very different when you flip scenarios. But it just is just it shows a lot of things. This the breaking of rules by politicians, the vaccination vaccine, and how it. I mean, you could argue that it works in a way where it just doesn't get as serious, and then it just shows that. Um, they're beautiful singing. I mean, that's the main thing that it shows is just the, their wonderful ability to just hit any note that they want to in perfect sync and just perfect pitch. It, it really is inspirational. Moving on to CNN. Target title, more than 70 killed in South Africa protests after former leader Jacob Zuma is jailed. Um, interesting. It says protest. And behind them, everything's, well, there, you have a giant building burning. You have everything laid out everywhere, destroyed. All the buildings are basically, like, destroyed in some sense, damaged in some sense. And that's a protest. Uh, at least they're consistent. Uh, I would more so call that a riot. Or an, it's just interesting. <laughs> uh, soldiers and police are were struggling to restore order in parts of South Africa on Tuesday, as police said the number of people killed in days of protests and looting 
protests and looting. What? And burning buildings rose to at least 72 in some of the worst violence the country has seen in years. Protests erupted last week as former South African President Jacob Zuma, 79, turned himself into authorities to serve a 15-month jail term for contempt of court. He had refused to appear at Anti-Corruption Commission to face several allegations, including bribery and fraud, which he repeatedly denied. Uh, There's a deadly stampede in the town of Soweto, uh, which is a Gauteng province, Gauteng, I don't know, G-A-U-T-E-N-G, and that left 10 dead. Um, apparently they, look, like, look at this, protesters and looters, uh, I would say rioters and looters have set malls ablaze and clashed with police, like you're not, I mean, I guess you were protesters, like were, and then you became rioters, but like, I just don't, I'm going to protest at my, the factory I work at by burning it down, like it just doesn't make sense, like you would say you rioted, um, they fired back with rubber bullets and are now over, so overwhelming that the military has been brought in to back them up. Um, I wonder if this article basically says that it's okay that they're rioting everywhere. I mean, the, the way they talk about it is like, look at the police keeping everything in control, how good they are. And then when our police do something, it's like, bad. And I mean, these policemen come out with like AK-47s. Like, they, they, they don't even have... Like, like, like we would come out with semi-automatic. They have full-on AKs. Like, fully automatic, it looks like. Um, anyways, basically, that's a big issue right now. It's just talking about all the different areas that are having issues. And so, um, we will now move on to The Blaze. So, for this article title, it is Democratic New Mexico State Lawmaker Denied Communion Over His Pro-Abortion Vote. A Democratic state senator um, in New Mexico said that he was denied communion at his church over his pro-abortion vote. Surprise! Like, what? Why are you shocked by this? State Senator Joe Cervantes tweeted uh, about the incident Saturday morning. I was denied, quote, I was denied, this is in the tweet, by the way. I I was denied communion last night by the Catholic bishop here in Las, Las Cruces, and based on my political office... Um, my new parish priest has indicated he will do the same after the last was run off. Please pray for church authorities as Catholicism transitions under Pope Francis. End quote. Um, interesting. But that would make sense. I mean, a huge part of Christianity, whether you like it or not, um, is anti-abortion. Um, it's pro-life. And so... For him to go against that would make sense for them to take away his communion, basically saying, like, you aren't following through with what you're supposed to do as a Catholic. Um, And that's what they're kind of talking about doing with Joe Biden. Um, There's a questions if he's going to be basically, I forget what it is, but removed from the Catholic Church and not allowed to get communion. And because of his pro-abortion stance, and it, it seems that his quote-unquote faith is simply a political move to try and get more um, evangelists to vote for him and so basically Christopher Velasquez uh, is a spokesperson for the Roman Catholic Diocese of um, Las Cruces and he said that it wasn't because of his political office but because of this 
the specific vote that he had for pro-abortion, which would make sense. Because if it was for political office, I mean, just think about it logically. If it was for political office, why would they wait till now? Like They could have taken away easily previously because of his quote-unquote political office. It's very obviously his pro-abortion vote, but he doesn't want to admit that because that would mean, you know, that it would be not Catholic. It would be against Catholicism to vote for abortion. And so you can obviously see here, he's trying to say it's political office. Like, oh, they don't like Democrats. When it's, he's like, the guy's like, we don't care if you're a Democrat. If that was true, then we would have kicked you out way long ago. Or not kicked you out, but we wouldn't have given you communion way long ago. And obviously this is a a voting matter because they didn't do that. Um, so quite a pathetic excuse that you can easily squander in about 15 seconds of brain power. But the article continues on basically about how they went back and forth and how he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so offended. Um, it's because I'm a Democrat. And they're like, it's not because you're a Democrat. It's because you are pro-abortion. Uh, it's very simple. You can't be a pro-abortion and part of the church. That's basically what they're trying to say. And the guy's like, you can't be a Democrat and part of the church. It's like, what? Anyways, CBS. Um, uh, the title of this one, Capital Rioter Gets Eight Months in Prison in First Felony Sentencing from January 6th Attack. A man from Florida who waved a Trump 2020 flag on the floor of the Senate chamber on January 6th was sentenced to eight months in prison Monday, the first time a Capitol riot defendant was sentenced for a fam felony charge. Paul Hodgkins, a 38-year-old crane operated, operator, pleaded guilty last month to one count of obstruction of an official proceeding and acknowledged that he took a selfie and joined a group of rioters who assembled at the front of the Senate chamber with the intention to obstruct the certification of the 2020 presidential election. When announcing the sentence, which was less than the 15 to 21 month sentence recommended when Hodgkins pleaded guilty, Judge Randolph Moss called the Capitol's attack an assault on a well, quote, an assault on democracy, end quote, but said Hodgkins' lack of criminal history and willingness to accept the responsibility warranted a lower sentence. Hodgkins' eight month prison sentence will be followed by two years of supervised release. So, um, basically, in the case, he said that he never meant to go inside the Capitol or do anything wrong. He got caught up in the moment and made a very bad mistake, and he shouldn't have done it. And he basically, that's that's kind of what it was, very shortened, obviously, but that's kind of what it was. He was just like, I shouldn't have gone in. It was wrong of me. Um, I didn't destroy him. He did not destroy He didn't do any damage whatsoever, he himself. Uh, all he did was just take some selfies, um and carry around his flag and all that and so um an interesting thing with all this is the words that are being used with it sedition insurrection um domestic terrorism and they're saying how all these are domestic terrorists that's a very loaded term and if they were domestic terrorists or so solidly domestic terrorists why wouldn't you prosecute them as that I mean, it just it just shows that it's it's being exaggerated from what it was. It was a, a very bad event. I mean, it should not have happened, but it it's being brought up to these huge words like insurrection, sedition, domestic terrorism, and it's kind of like racism. If you just throw around the word, it loses meaning. Meaning, and so insurrection. Here's the exact definition from Oxford. A violent uprising against an authority or government. So you could go, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. How you could say it's an it's a um, 
an insurrection because it was a violent uprising against the government. The question of, you know, the extent of the uprising, meaning it's not like they wanted to overthrow the government um, and, you know, bring in a new regime or something like that. Um, but, well, maybe some of them, because there apparently were some Antifa people there, so I'm sure they would love to bring in their communist regime. But anyways, it basically, um, it was a very light insurrection. And then you have sedition. Once again, Oxford Dictionary definition. Conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of a state or monarch. Um, sedition, you could kind of say this in a way. Um, they weren't inciting other people, meaning it's not like they went into the capital and then you see across the entire country people just running into their state capitals and stuff like that, taking it or It's just... Sedition, I think, is a harder one to do because you're... I mean, just based off this definition because it's like... I guess you're, you may be... I don't know. There, I feel like it was more so a demonstration, not so much like we're trying to get everyone to overthrow their governments. So, like, sedition, I think, is a harder one to pin on it, just based off that definition. But anyways, um, I think it just, you know, the whole, the, all these charges, with they're domestic terrorists, all these. Like, they're not prosecuting them nearly even close to being a domestic terrorist. And so, they obviously aren't domestic terrorists, uh, at least by the true definition of it, because they aren't able to get, they aren't able to charge them as such. And so this is what it says, the committing of terrorist acts in the perpetrator's own country against their fellow citizens. And so let's get the, let's just do terrorism. The unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in pursuit of political aims. Um, I'm not sure how they exactly um, intimidated or used violence against citizens to show their political aim. Um, in, a, in the real sense of domestic terrorism. Um, I mean, it's not like they bombed anything. I mean, they destroyed some stuff, but that would make... Um, basically, uh, that would make a lot of things domestic terrorism. I think it's to the extent of which you destroy things. But anyways, I'm not a professional. But basically what I'm saying is just, it shows all these words that they're using. They're not able to get them for sedition, they're not able to get them for insurrection, and they're not able to get them for domestic terrorism. So it shows that those are just words they're throwing out there and, and, and that they're not actually landing on anything and that the most they can get is that they interrupted a uh, an official hearing or official event in a way. So it, it's the idea that it was Donald Trump's attempt to overthrow the United States government makes zero sense because he's a multi-multi-multi-billionaire and you're telling me that his way to overthrow the most powerful government in the entirety of the world was to bring a a, a, a thousand people-ish together and run into the capital. Like, that's, that's how he planned to overthrow the most powerful government, most powerful nation in the world. It just doesn't, it does not make sense. And then when they say, well, it's him and Putin's idea. Like, you have the second most, or arguably the second, the second most powerful nation in the world combined with the leader of the and a multi-billionaire probably both of them are mad rich and one of them is the most second most powerful country in the world and they say this is how we're going to do it like it just doesn't make any sense how they charge you know donald trump with this is how he wanted to overthrow the government like it doesn't work so moving on fox news 
Vice President Kamala Harris tested negative for COVID-19 after meeting with Texas Democrats, Saki says. Several uh, subtitles, several Texas lawmakers tested positive just days after the meeting with Harris. Um, it's interesting because, um, you know, you can test positive later. I doubt she tests positive, frankly, but apparently Vice President Kamala, uh, this is the article, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris has tested negative for COVID-19 after meeting with several Texas House Democrat lawmakers who recently contracted the virus. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Mon or confirmed on Monday. Um, they said there was no detection of COVID-19. They also put, um, they basically checked for how far away she was from the people who tested positive, and they think that she's fine. Uh, so far, five of the Texas House Democrats have tested positive for covid and she met with them last Tuesday, uh, so I, that's what I mean. I doubt she's positive because by then, by now, I mean you would have you would have caught it by now. Uh, this article was published six hours ago. So yeah, um, Saki basically she was asked if she was disappointed that the lawmakers did not wear masks on their flight to the nation's capital, and Saki basically just didn't answer. Um, that's basically the rest. That's basically the entire, the entire article. Um, it was it was an update, I guess, continuing on from what we said earlier, how she met with them, um, and how she's yet to test positive. Just people were you know throwing out theories and stuff and such, um, but nothing yet. So a lot of updates today. Um, we'll see what happens with the Capitol rioters. Uh, see if this continues on with those types of charges. Um, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Monday, a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening.